Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah. And have you ever felt undervalued? Have you ever had friends or family that you've worked so hard and you made so many changes and you had success and you had growth and then a family member or friend or someone from your, that knew you, the old version of you kind of went, I mean, that's fine, but when are you going to get a real job or when are you going to do this? And we have Dan Chan, the magic man who has now um, re-evolved and even grown past that and turned into Dan Chan, the millionaire mentalist. And Dan has been featured in The Hustle, BuzzFeed. The Wall Street Journal, CNBC, Business Insider. Okay, this is an impressive resume. And even with that, sometimes he ends up bumping into old people from his old life and having to kind of explain his value and, and convince people of his worth. And Dan, I am so excited to have this conversation with you. And you have such an impressive resume, which I know I didn't even hit on all those things. And still... Family members can kind of want to see you as the old version of you, right? Absolutely, because I think people only remember the last time they saw you. And in show business, you're only as good as your last show or the last time they remembered you. You're as good as your last show, but people might not have all seen your last show. They might have seen you 20 years ago. um, And they remember that part of you. So that is why I'm so set with updating promo material and new photos because when they see a new image of you that's a little bit different that rebrands you and that puts you in front of a new set of eyes the people who hired you at 250 aren't the same people who are hiring you at a thousand and the people at five thousand aren't the same people who are hiring at a thousand so um i've gone through clients in my early career mid-career and finally now that's kind of where I'm at. And sometimes you have to fire your old clients. The old clients won't pay what you're currently worth. Mm-hmm. And these clients that we're talking about, I know you worked uh, Google, Facebook, been a performer for some, you know, really Fortune 100 companies and the absolutely largest companies in the world. Um, and you described an experience where kind of a family member kind of said, hey, when are you going to get a real job? Well, you know, Google's hiring me and Facebook. Like, I feel like that is a real job. Do you want to speak into that? Yeah. um, Interesting. I had a real job at PayPal in 1999. I joined PayPal technically before Elon Musk, believe it or not, because he started X.com and that merged with PayPal. And I actually started on the PayPal side. And very early on, they merged. And I wasn't happy with my real job. And everyone was telling me, stay with it. And I kind of wish I did stay with it because if I looked at the numbers, I would have been worth $5 million if I stayed. But I felt that I was faking it there. And with magic, I knew it was going to be hustle and I knew it was going to be hard. But talking to mentors who've been there allowed me to overcome the toxic things that people said, you can't do it. And I ended up working for Google over 60 times. My client list starts from Airbnb and Amazon to Zillow, Zumingo, and Zuckerberg Hospital. 
So it is re really from A to Z. If anyone's hearing this and hasn't, um, it like, <laughs> works at something with a J or an X. I have not done a J or an X just yet. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I just told you my husband's old company that starts with a J. So I think I still have some connections there. <laughs> um, yes. So you have this, you've done this rebuilding, this rebranding, and you, you've mentioned rebuilding and rebranding several times. What are some other, or if someone has a family member or someone else who only wants to know the old version of you, what kind of resistance can they expect? You, is it a control thing? Are they trying to control you? Are they trying to minimize you? What do you think that is? From different perspectives, it could be a combination of those things. I, I look at uh, visual illusions often. And when you look at it from one angle, you see something very specific. And from another angle, you see something specific. So it's almost like the lens you look through really frames or the perspective. So I realize that sometimes when family members do intentional good things, it holds that weight because you've taken their gift. And that's why a lot often people gift things is because when you see that gift, it reminds you of them. And it could be positive or negative and marketers know that all the time. For example, one thing that I used to do was I gift librarians a mug, an ambigram mug that they can talk about. So the mug would say Dan Chan, Master Magician. And when you flip it over, it says, oh, the same thing. It's actually Dan Chan, Magic Man. So if you search Dan Chan ambigram, you'd actually find my ambigram online. And I ran a contest. But these mugs were so intriguing. I'd have librarians tell me three, six years later down the line that, oh, I still have your mug. And because no one ever gave them something, uh, most performers never gave them something, but I knew librarians drank coffee. Mm -hmm. So in, in a way, you know, librarians can choose a lot of different people, but if they see your mug every day, they might hire you one or two more times, which makes an exponential, I think, difference where mm -hmm. you get that one extra booking. And that's a little mm -hmm. bit more stickiness. So that's in a good way because it's not really that, you know, it's not a bad anchor because you're getting someone like a librarian to hire you. But there's other ways where people may want to guilt you into something like family members or uh, uh, the secret of success is focus. And the secret of focus is saying no. That's a quote. I think if we're doing too much, if I was doing what my family wanted me to do, family members wanted me to recruit me into their business. And if I'm doing 50% there, I can't do 100% at what I'm doing. And often when you're going for things, are you hitting that first base or are you swinging for the home run? I saw a post recently and it said, instead of having to-do lists, what do you think about having not to-do lists or stop doing lists? And I was like, oh, I know in my own life, I need some stop doing lists. Um, and even when I did high-performance coaching, these people were executives and just, you know, very powerful people. And it said, you can pick three things. When you think about your priorities, you get three things, you know, in your business or whatnot. And it's like, if, if a CEO can only do three things, that's a lot of stop doing. That's a lot of focus. That's a lot of no. And if a family member or whoever else or an old friend is pulling you back and forth and, oh, should I this? Should I that? Should I this? Should I that? It can take up a lot of emotional energy. Absolutely. Oh, and that's kind of like 
when there's so much to choose from, often there's indecision or you're doing too much. And some of the world's best only do one thing. And there's something about burning the boats behind you. When people would invade, they would literally burn the boats because they have to be successful in the other thing. And if you're laying back on your day job or you're laying back on something and you just wish you often the safer thing is what people want to do because that's what everyone tells them. So if you're doing a 40 hour work week and you're trying to do something otherwise, you're only going to have relative success. So sometimes it's all about finding, oh, I'm making 50 or 60% on this on my side hustle. Let's just see what happens. If I go 100% in with the rest of the hours, I can probably make, you know, the same amount or even more. But people are like, they don't give themselves that opportunity. So when I tell people, hey, you know, save up, um, you know, get to 50% of your income uh, doing your side hustle and then jump. Mm-hmm. Imagine how far you can get if you gave your full, full effort into this new hustle. But I, I feel like people are toxic often when they haven't achieved what they achieve or what they want to achieve. So when someone said, no, they're, there's a, a hinge of toxicity because they're like, oh, you know, and they'll give the U.S. excuse. I have friends who are really great guys and they have uh, day jobs, but they're like, oh, I chose this because, uh, um, you know, I got retirement. I got this and this. And they're telling me all this and they're saying, you know, and but at the same time, they're very questionable about how I've made it. But they, they tell themselves that excuse. Every time they walk up to me, they're like, oh, that that's great. But do you consider something? And I even I, do. Under- I had a friend that did that and recently. And so I was sitting there and I was like, oh, I just love my business. Everything's going so well. And she goes, but I mean, have you really thought about how you're going to outsource your business so you don't have to do it anymore? And I was like, what? She goes, yeah. So that way, when you retire, you don't have to work anymore. And I was like, I, mean, I understand the concept. Yeah, it's not that I don't understand the concept of like passive income or employees, or but I was just like, that's the response to me talking about how much I'm, I'm loving my job and loving what I'm doing is you saying, yeah, but when are you going to stop doing it? How is that nice? <laughs> yeah, tell that to Michael Jordan or Joe exactly. Montana. You know, like guys exactly. who have, guys who have hit it right out of the ballpark. You know, like, you know that every good thing has to end. But when you're Michael Jordan, who who would dare say that to someone like that? And well, Daniel, what if, you know, I'm thinking about relationships and what if um, somebody was saying how happy their marriage was? Right. And, you know, and you said, well, have you really thought about what's going to happen when he dies or she dies? <laughs> you know, it's like, have you prepared for, you know, when you have to be alone again after they're dead? And in that situation, people would go, what? That's terrible. But it's it's almost like stealing joy or, you know, I know you have a son. Uh, I have a son. I think they're about the same age. And it's like, oh, I'm really loving parenting. I'm really loving, you know, this experience of parenting. Well, have you prepared for empty nest? You know, how, what are you going to do when your kids leave you and they go, to, they go away? It's like, why would you say that? Yeah, why would you yeah. say that? It's stealing joy. Yeah. Uh, I, I think of about that and um because my wife has said stuff like that and she's not toxic at all she says that as in why are you prioritizing work above spending time with your kids 
Or why aren't we building our relationship? Because when they leave, it's just going to be us two again. You know, they could live close or far, but in that context, but it's understanding why people say it. And there's that two frames of what's intent or what's the hidden psychological thing that is either motivating them to say that. And it could be them mirroring. Um, I I love what Anthony Robbins says about matching and mirroring Mm -hmm. uh, with people. Sometimes people are mirroring their frustrations of what they were unable to achieve. And, or they feel that you're a direct threat. And that's what I felt was wrong with past presidents. You know, they thought it was winner take all, or they thought it was business. I look at it now, which is reframed than what I used to think about it is if I'm a good magician, they're going to want to hire someone else. They're not going to want to hire me the next year. They're going to probably want to hire something very similar, but that's why we don't copy anyone else, especially in the same markets. You want to be different and distinct. In the beginning, you might copy. For example, if you copy me, I feel like you're probably not going to build one, a good relationship with me. But the second is anyone who doesn't want to pay my full rate will go to you and you'll be bitter about that because Oh, Dan's making a thousand. I'm only making 800 or 500. So if you're going to do exactly what I'm doing, at least move to a different market, you know, because that's just about relationships. And I think that's how toxicity can occur or you feel that someone's a threat. So if you're owning your own space and that you're happy doing what you're doing, it's important to realize that there's more than room for enough winners. And sometimes second's not a bad thing. You just have to move to what you want to really do. And sometimes you'll hit a home run. Sometimes they'll hit a home run. But when I pole vaulted, I was the only two people pole vaulting. And I realized that. And I would pole vault a foot or two higher than what other people would pole vault. But I would score a point or make it safe. Was pole vaulting my thing? No, um, uh, you know, like I prefer things that aren't competitive. I prefer spearfishing, sailing, or, you know, like sometimes when there's only one clear winner, it takes the fun out of it because you said, oh, I got second. But if your goal was to, you know, shoot a fish, bring it home and eat it and show that you can take care of your family versus saying, hey, I'm going to shoot the biggest fish or my fish is bigger than yours mm-hmm. because that is all toxic, I I feel, because you might not be in the same shape I am, or I might not be in the same shape, or maybe I was in uh, a certain shape, but I'm a lot older. So we have to look at where we are and find people who don't view you as competition. And once you realize that and you talk to people who aren't viewing you as competition, that can change your whole perspective because those people want to support you as opposed to, I, I have all these people on Facebook. When I post certain things, not, nothing, but they tell me about them seeing the post, but they don't click like, they don't click love. And those people are a sign of toxicity because they're cyber stalking you. They're admiring what you do, but they don't want to give you the validation. So people those are the that all the time too. They're all like, They'll say that, oh, I saw this and I saw that. I'm like, I have no idea you saw any of my stuff because you don't ever say anything or like it. Exactly. And I feel like, especially if they're in the same field as you, um, 
being more positive than anyone else or liking other people's posts puts you as a signal that you don't view them as a threat. And imagine this, if they saw that, if you came with them at, with a coaching offer, what would they respond in turn? But no, everyone's like, oh, I want to sell to you, but I don't want to support you until you buy from me. And I, I, I honestly realize that I've done the things in the past, but I analyzed and I stepped back and I asked, why is this happening? Why am I not successful in some ways? So understanding that um, we all have our own time and our own path. And, um, and if you stick with it, you're going to hit success. But there also has to be milestones and markers. It's like, oh, you know, I started off as a kid's entertainer and then I did teens and adults and things like that. But if you can't even do teens or drunks, you probably can't do corporate because you don't understand what people are already thinking, you know, in terms of being a magician. I am glad to call you a friend. And I know everyone else is going to want to come into your world and, and be a part of your world as a friend. And I think you're big on Instagram, right? And you have TikToks and all, and all that kind of stuff. So where can people find out more about you and the magic that you both use for entertainment and the magic that is has been your wisdom today? Yeah, I, I do a lot of speaking and more so entertainment over Zoom. When the pandemic hit, I did 520 virtual shows uh, I did 52 in a week, 12 in a day, eight back to back on a half an hour from 12 to, I think, three or four. And I love entertaining people both on Zoom. And that's why I've been uh, doing this kind of podcast tour. But you can find me at Dan Chan Magic on Instagram or DanChanMagic.com on my website. Um, what's fun as well as you can follow my son, Kid Magician. Uh, my son started following me in what I did. At age five, he was juggling three balls. By age eight, he was juggling five balls. By age 10, he was juggling three flaming torches and picking pockets. He's going to be um, on Netflix coming up with Kevin Hark and Mark Wahlberg and Regina Hall, as well as he's made two national television appearances. So follow my son as well at Kid Magician. That is so cool. Dan, thank you so much for helping us understand how to embrace our own value, even if it's something that is a, a path not as, you know, quote unquote normal, you know, when people say, I never thought I was going to be a life coach. Like, are you kidding? I mean, I didn't think I was going to do this. And, you know, but sometimes the, the road less traveled can still be a magical road. So Dan, thank you for helping us along that journey and for helping us become toxic person proof. Thank you, Sarah. Have you ever heard anything on the Toxic Person Proof podcast or read anything in my book, Becoming Toxic Person Proof, and thought, oh my gosh, I just wish I had known this 10 years ago or 20 years ago, or I wish my daughter knew this? Well, if so, a way that you can help other women and other people on their journey to becoming toxic person proof and save them from the pain that you endured, the confusion you endured, is leaving a review. You don't have to use your real name. You can just go to reviews, hit those stars, hit a message, uh, go to Amazon, write, or go to Goodreads, write a review about toxic person proof, wherever you find yourself in the world and it is so helpful to other women to know this is information they can trust not just more information about narcissism but but tips tricks tools to help them move forward to build an amazing life 
after a toxic relationship. Thank you so much for those of you who've already written a review. It's paying it forward, helping the next woman uh, as she sorts through information like, okay, this is what I need. This is what I need. So thank you so much for those of you who have left a review. And if you haven't, this is your chance. So give me some stars and help other women on their journey to becoming toxic person proof. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support and most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.